Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Hi there. It's a pleasure to be with you today. I'm Steph, and as Steve was just sharing, at the moment I work for the Faraday Institute for Science and Religion on their youth and schools team, supporting young people in asking their big questions which can include questions about things like climate change. But previously, I studied wildlife conservation, and I've worked with all sorts of different creatures, from wolves, which sound super glamorous, to things like salmon, which sound a bit less glamorous. Uh, but really, for me, being out in nature is one of the fastest ways to draw near to God and feel close to him, which I think is something that quite a few of us have identified with over this weird lockdown season. The natural world is actually one of the reasons why I came to believe in and worship the God of the Bible in the first place. So I'm absolutely passionate about thinking about what we can do as God's people to love the planet better than ever before. Which is lovely, but what does that have to do with you? Well, as we've been hearing over this series, the call to care for God's planet isn't this sort of optional extra for a certain kind of Christian who, in your opinion, is a bit too into birdwatching. The first thing that God says in relation to humanity is, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish, the birds, the livestock, the wild animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground. Let us make mankind in our image so that they may rule. We're made in God's image for a purpose. As the wonderful people at the Bible Project put it, the purpose of being God's image is to oversee his creation as God's partners and representatives in the world. This ongoing command and purpose to rule and glorify God by reflecting his image, his nature, his love to the rest of creation is for every single one of us. It's universal. It's part of what it means to be human. So welcome. You're in the right place today. Looking after God's planet is for everyone. But what that practically looks like is going to look different for everyone because we're all different. And that's not an accident. We're made different for a reason. 1 Corinthians 12, 17 to 20 celebrates both the wonderful unity and diversity of the church, or the body of Christ, with Paul saying, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. As a church full of differences, we are able to do so much more together than we could alone, or with everyone trying to be the same. And we celebrate this powerful diversity when it comes to, say, the strength of our serving teams within the church. But we can and we also need to celebrate this diversity of God's people when it comes to loving his planet really well. 
No one is asking you to be something that you are not made to be. We don't need everyone to become a conservation scientist. We really don't. We're all different. So working out what we can individually do to care for the planet is all about asking, who am I? What do I have in my hands? And how do I use that well? For some people, the call to care for God's creation is going to look like a vocation, something that they pour a huge amount of their time, their energy, their expertise, their training into. They might work in conservation science, figuring out what living creatures are doing well, what living creatures are struggling, and what they can do to try and fix that problem. They could work in engineering, developing new renewable energy technologies. They could work in politics, be a political campaigner or politician with a focus on policies that have a global and environmental mindset. They could be a writer or an artist whose work educates or provokes an emotional response in people, encouraging them to act. Or it could be something else entirely. But for them, this call to care for creation is a specific focus of their ministry or the way they serve God with their life. For the rest of us, this will look like just one of the many ways in which we try to align our attitudes and our way of life more fully with God's will. And just like any other part of our life, where we realize that some of our actions or our inactions are not as pleasing to God or not as honoring or representative of God as they could be, it's really all about taking the next little step-by-step -step actions to get more centered on God and what he wants for his world. So even if this isn't our vocation, taking good care of God's planet is something we are invited and even commanded to engage with. We have a voice and a vote that we can put to good use. We have power to change the way things are done through our political engagement, the energy and resources we use, the food we eat, the products we buy. This might not be our day job, but we can each have a real impact, and God wants us to. So we're all on board with taking care of the planet, right? But the scale of the crisis can seem pretty overwhelming. We're busy people with our own sets of struggles. And I don't know about you, but this past year has been so full of loss and sacrifice already, and I am so tired of making painful sacrifices. I haven't worked with young people in schools in over a year, and that's a central part of my job. I haven't hugged my closest friends in months and months. I miss my family. And I know that many of you have had to face far bigger struggles than these in this past year. And it's exhausting when the very real positive consequences of those hard sacrifices can be so difficult to see. We're tired. So how on earth can we be expected to fit the climate crisis into that spare half hour that we have? And will any of our efforts and sacrifices in this area actually make enough of a difference to be worthwhile? Well, here's my advice for tired people. Don't work hard, work smart. It's such a cliche, but it's also really true. Before you throw all your energy into embarking on that 
grand plan to save the world based on the one random Facebook video you saw at some point, take a little time to clue up. I know it can be really daunting trying to figure out what to do that will make a difference, and it can seem like there are loads of different things that might work or might not work, and it can just feel easier to just pick something and go with it without really thinking. But by taking just a little time, it's possible to start narrowing down on some clear, simple, practical actions that you can be confident will make a big difference. One place that I found really helpful in figuring out my way through the kind of action, consequence, time usage tangle is Project Drawdown. It's a non-profit organization, coalition of scholars, scientists, advocates, and all sorts of other experts from across the globe. And they've put together a ranking list of a wide range of currently available solutions, which they think will have the biggest impact on reducing carbon dioxide emissions, which is really the central thing if we want to put an end to the climate crisis. It looks like quite a technical website, but bear with it for just a few minutes. Click onto some of the names in the top solution list for some helpful information about what those words actually mean. And it can help you to see not only what governments could do and what we could campaign for, but it also empowers on an individual level. It helps us to see the little changes that we could make in our life that would be the most worthwhile use of our time. Within the top 10, there are a whole range of different options. There's health and education, with a specific focus on educating women and girls. So we could take the time to look at charities that are already doing excellent work in this area that we might be able to consider supporting in some way. There's things like reducing food waste or switching to a plant-based diet, uh, both of which would save energy. Switching to LED lighting is in the top 20, and it's so easy to do. LED bulbs are falling in cost. They're read readily available in the supermarket of your choice. And they are actually, in the long run, much more energy and cost effective than traditional bulbs. So a win on two levels there. Renewable energy technologies also feature highly in the list. So you could take a little time to research some of the green energy suppliers that are out there. There are a lot more now in the UK than there were even a few years ago. And it's starting to reach a point where they can compete with some of the big name energy suppliers. They're in no way perfect yet. But if we think about how we're using our voice and our vote, we all have to pay energy bills, I'm afraid. So why not think about paying your bills to a company that supports the development of renewable energy technologies? Because that's such a strong way of saying, this is what we want. This is what we care about. So some of these things in the top 10 might be issues for the government to deal with. But there are other things like these that I've just mentioned that I hope you can see we can all get behind on an individual level. So start exploring for yourself. Why not take half an hour every month or every six months, if that's what you can fit in at the moment, to have a quick Google and research some environmental topics and come up with just one small change that you can make that ticks one of the project drawdown categories on the list, like cutting down on food waste or having a meat-free Monday. And why not have fun with it? Trial it. 
If it's not working for you, then after a month, try something else or tweak it. You don't have to pick one thing and then be stuck with it for the rest of your life. You can have fun. We're all different. So find the thing that works for you in your current situation, what you currently have in your hand, and run with that. Play to the things that fit well with your specific God-given passions and talents. You all have those. So if you love cooking, focus on that. Come up with some vegetarian recipes that you really enjoy and encourage your other friends with those recipes that you've come up with. If you love writing, why not draft a letter to your MP outlining some of the ideas from the project drawdown list or letting them know that you intend to vote for parties that take the climate crisis seriously. You know, that's so important. Politicians aren't mind readers. Unless you tell them what you want and what you find is important, they won't know. I found out that according to a survey in 2019, councils received a complaint about potholes every 46 seconds. That's crazy. Imagine if we told them that often that, that the planet is one of our top priorities. That would make a difference. Or say you're a stay-at-home mum or dad or a teacher, why don't you explore some fun activities that you can do with your young people to encourage them to, to love and understand nature better? Whatever you do, break down that big, overwhelming, seemingly impossible task into little, manageable pieces for which you're really well equipped. That's one of the reasons why God made us so different. There are so many things that can and need to be done. So find the bit that you do well, and don't leave it there. If that's going well, then challenge yourself. What's the next little step that you can take? Now, this isn't at all about guilting people into things that they can't sustain. But it's about each one of us checking in with God and acknowledging honestly, what do I have in my hands? What capacity do I have right now? and then taking that next little step. So stretch yourself, make an effort, but have fun. There's absolutely no reason why loving God's planet well as God's people couldn't be a joy. But will it really make a difference? Well, here is our hope. God loves the world that he made. He's asked us to look after it. We're made in his image, with his creativity, and with our unique passions and talents. And God is on our side and with us. If we bring this before him in prayer, he will guide us in how to use our particular gifts to love his people and planet as best we can. And the more people who choose to use their unique voice and vote wisely, the bigger the impact will be. So yes, bringing your life and lifestyle further in line with God's plans for his planet really will make a difference. But also in a way, will it make a difference? That question isn't our concern. You see, God isn't demanding perfection from you, and I am certainly not. Do I, the flexitarian, vegetarian, inexplicably cave and buy a McDonald's burger sometimes? Yes. 
Do I sometimes chuck that plastic in the bin because I'm tired and I'm in a hurry and I can't really be bothered to see if it's recyclable or not? Also, yes. If I were perfect, would I have a bigger impact? Probably yes. But God is not asking me or you to do any of this perfectly, and he's not asking you to get it all right and single-handedly save the planet. Jesus has already done that, coming to reconcile all things. All God is asking from you is to submit to his good plan for your life, to give him everything that you have right now, to serve and honor him faithfully. And in that sense, each little step that brings you more closely back in line with God's redemptive plan for humanity and the whole of creation, no matter how seemingly insignificant, really will make all the difference in the world. So God isn't looking for perfection from us. His grace is enough. But that doesn't give any of us an excuse not to use what we have in our hands well. God's love and grace aren't there so that we can carry on as we are or become complacent. I really love the way Paul says this in Romans 6. I'll share from the message paraphrase just now. Since we're free in the freedom of God, can we do anything that comes to mind? Hardly. You know well enough from your own experiences that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. But thank God you've started listening to a new master, one whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. So what I want to ask of you as we draw to a close is can you do this? Can you let God's love and grace and freedom inspire change and action for the better, for the good of the planet? Can you open your eyes and look at this issue with all its overwhelmingness, its doom and gloom and terrifying statistics? Can you look this crisis in the face and then instead of shutting your eyes again, instead of letting your heart sink, instead of backing away, shrinking away in fear and despair and focusing on something else, can you invite God in, into this place of darkness and fear and panic and anger because that's where we'll see change. There's a lot of hopelessness and fear out there and in our hearts at the moment about the environment. Honestly, I can't even watch the trailers for David Attenborough documentaries at the moment because I can't bear to look at all these wonderful animals and think they might not be around much longer. It's just too painful for me. The statistics and the information out there can be frightening and even paralyzing. But as Christians, we can bring a unique hope to the situation and to the solutions. Hope that is grounded on a real and concrete foundation, not just a vague hope that one day everything will be okay. So let's remember that the God who holds the final victory over death brokenness, suffering and evil, the God who made and sustains and cherishes the entire universe is with us and on our side. This, alongside the certainty I have that one day God will make everything new and so much better than I could ever dream of, is the kind of hope that gets me out of bed each morning and gives me the courage to have a go and risk failure and keep trying anyway. 
there is so much hope. So come on, invite God in. Breathe in and breathe out and take the next little step with Him. Let's use our powerful hope to find freedom and free others from paralyzing fear, not so that we can become complacent or apathetic about the planet, but so that we can move. And now that you're free to act, act to see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth now and not just when Jesus returns. Pray for wisdom and guidance and courage to stand in the face of an environmental disaster. Clue up, start exploring and have fun putting into practice some of these practical actions. Who are you? What do you have in your heart, in your hands? And how can you use that to love God and his wonderful creation better than ever before? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray against fear, against shame, against guilt, against the paralysis of looking at the scale of this problem in the world and just backing away from it. Lord God, we pray for your courage, your peace, your joy and your hope to come into us now so that we can lead the world in this fight against climate disaster, so that we can lead as we love God's planet well. Lord God, we we pray that you guide us, you protect us and you help us to see the way forward with this. We thank you and we praise you. Amen. Every week when we have our message, we also put on you version, if you've never downloaded this onto your phone, an app or on your device, you version notes. And Steph's notes particularly today have so much information in there. So like the project drawdown, uh, top 20 there and other resources that you can look at, which would be really helpful. So do get that and what follow along every week. In fact, when we have those notes on there for you. Steph also put on there that scripture that she read from, from Romans 6. And let me just finish with reading the last part of that to you. It says this, but thank God you've started listening to a new master. One whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. Jesus promised to set us free. We quoted a few weeks ago that at the center of God's redemptive plan is humanity. It's not the circumference. It embraces all of creation, which is why we speak these messages like we do in this series. But at the center there, humanity made in the image and likeness of God and yet so fallen and tarnished, but God sent his son to set you free, to live a life of freedom. And in all of our services, we always give an opportunity to any who've never asked Jesus Christ to be leader and Lord of their life to do this. It can be done with a prayer, a prayer of commitment, a prayer of devotion, a conversation that makes a decision that says, Lord, would you come into my life? Would you rule over? Would you become my Lord? Which means boss and leader. So I'm gonna pray a prayer. And for you, you could be praying this with me for the first time, or you may be recommitting your life to Jesus. You may have found us today and you want to recommit your life, you can use this as well. And then we always say this, let someone know. If you're with someone, tell them. 
But if not, and you want to communicate with us, Facebook or YouTube there, put a, a comment in the link. Say, yes, today I decided to follow Jesus. Or email us a hello at the c3.uk. Just let us know, because we'd love to connect with you, help you on this next stage of the journey as you follow Jesus. But pray this prayer with me today. Say this, Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. I thank you that you care for me, that you died for me. Forgive me for self-centered, sinful living. Today, Jesus Christ, I choose you as my Lord and my leader. Come into my life. Thank you for accepting me and bringing me into your family. In your name I pray. Amen. Please let us know if you prayed that for the first time. You believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth. Confess it on YouTube or Facebook or in a letter or somewhere and say, yeah, I decided to follow Jesus. Hey, we want you all to know you are loved and appreciated. Wasn't that a great message by Steph? Let her know, encourage her. If you know her, you can contact her. What a great message and so practical for us to do some stuff. It's His world. He's our Saviour. He's our Creator. And it's all for His glory. One way we can glorify Him, of course, is through song. What a gift from God. All creation sings, but we join with creations. Wherever you are, why don't you join in with this last song? If you've got questions, stay around for the interview. You can put them on there. We'd love to see them and hear the interview that we have with Steph afterwards. But otherwise, let's stand together wherever you are. Worship our great God with this final song. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.